Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. together as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for once more for this opportunity to share the scriptures and the word. We pray as we commit ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, may you speak through us. May you reveal Jesus, the intent of the Father. May life become real to us, that Lord will not falter and fail, but Father will prosper and do well. In Jesus' name, amen. We are teaching our theme for the year is Genesis, uh, the beginning. And uh, we are teaching on faith, blessings, and curses. So this subject might take us a little bit longer. I'd like to encourage you as much as it is possible, don't bang church. And if it's possible, listen to the podcast. I believe you'll be blessed and your life will become better every day. Hallelujah. There are things that happen in our life. We're not aware why they are happening. And even though we work so hard, so little has come our way. I always say it's a curse to work and labor, and at the end of the day, you are not happy for what you have. Uh, you do so much, and so little returns back to you. This affects every other person, and we are going to teach how to coexist, how to reverse, how to deal with curses, and as well, to be conscious of yourself, of the things you say. That is a tendency or the power in your life to make the manifestation of curses to come to your life. Literally, wherever demons are active, there is a curse. And we are going to teach about the basic things that the scripture teaches that you as a Christian ignore at your own peril. We have got most of our believers, not necessarily in our church, but across the world, who are really experiencing hardship and difficulty, partly because they think, because they are on Facebook, they are listening to every other person, who's deceived, they think they can overrule the word of God by academic reason. All those things are good to reason and to look at them, but there are things that will stay permanently. I'll use one example before I, we get into the scriptures, that the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis chapter 12 about Abraham. I'm just, can you put it there on the screen? I just want to show you something. I'm going ahead of myself. This is weeks coming. And the Lord said to Abraham, Go out of your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. You must read it with understanding. Uh, it says, with contempt. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Let's read it in King James, please. Verse 1, the book of Genesis 12. It says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curses thee, 
and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. There's a lot to teach from that scripture. But this scripture is true. You like it or not? Even today is still true. All the descendants of Abraham, let's take it material. We'll come to the spiritual. The material. Out of Abraham came Isaac. Out of Isaac came Jacob. And out of Jacob came Israel. Now, it doesn't matter how we feel about it. This is a generational blessing. Israel, even today, is blessed. You like it or not, the most richest people on the face of the earth are Jews. The most educated people on the face of the earth are Jews. The most uh, medical advancement has come through Jews. You can imagine anything that you want to imagine. The most successful lawyers are Jews. The most successful medical doctors are Jews. So the blessing has come. There's nothing they have to do when you walk in a blessing. And we said, what is a blessing? Touched by the blood. In other words, they understand the redemptive power and the agreement and the covenant, the, the, the covenant that exists between them and God. I worked for a company many years ago. Our actual chief was a Jew. I used to hold an account for bonuses. And uh, we have what we call gain share. After you have, you have worked, you get your bonuses, money and whatever. But the company has targets every year. If you achieve your target and you go far beyond, we share the money. They give us a certain portion, we share. And the man, when he got this money, he gave an instruction. I was in human resource. He gave an instruction, his salary and everything. He says, I don't want the money to go into my account. When I get paid, like a, debit, like a stop order, when I get paid, in this regard, I was expecting him to give 10%, like he was doing with his salary. He gave 40% of his income of gain share to a, a church, to what we call synagogue, to their church. And says, I want you to transfer this money to this account that it goes. When I look at the amount of money, some of us have never seen that money. And possibly it might take us a little bit more years just to work for that money. And he was willing to give it. And I was not shocked why he was successful. Because he understood the divine blessing. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to understand, as we are going to teach about blessing and curses, the blessing part is easy. Everybody knows where the blessing is. But I want to tell you one thing. Every blessing has a corresponding curse. Never be fooled by a big man with a big belly who have succeeded and have been a pastor for a thousand years. And he comes back and he tells you, Jesus died on the cross and he took away our curse. It's a scripture. We are going to quote it today. And it's true. But it doesn't only end there. There is a corresponding action that is needed for you to walk in the liberty of the freedom that Christ has given to us. It's not automatic. Even if your father is rich, if he dies, you need a court order for the things to be transferred to you. So there is an action. Everything that when, when, when a parent dies, the children inherit. You don't just go in willy-nilly and carry whatever and you go. There is a process of legalizing what you have 
what you are to inherit, it doesn't just come. When my parents passed away and I went to the Supreme Court, I was shocked. And I started to understand that my mother was very sophisticated and extremely advanced. I never thought she has gone that far. When I arrived in the Supreme Court and I submitted my case, they pulled a case from the previous inheritances that my mother received from my father. And when my mother uh, gave the thing, I, I found my name there. He has already written that all my assets and everything that I have, I bequeath to my son. And he wrote, I have, you know, he wrote like in the Bible, I have an only son. And his name is this. I don't have any other child, you know, except this one. And I started to understand that if I try to grab, automatically everybody will expect the material things to have been mine. But I had to legalize to get, get legal transfer. You get it? So you have to understand, when we talk about curses, and when you talk about blessing, they are there. The blessing is there. But when you don't walk into that blessing and legalize it to manifest in your life, it will not manifest. It is there, it's yours, but you will not have it. The book of Daniel teaches us about Daniel, which we are doing in the 21 days of prayer, which is called Daniel's fast. Daniel, the Bible says, gives us the, the picture, it says, from the first day, you prayed. From what? The first day. The first day you prayed, the answer was given. But we know miscarriages happen. And sometimes it's not the real miscarriage. Your child is stolen. Like you are in the hospital, you are dazed for whatever reason, and when you come, they told you, no, the child passed. You might not even ask, can I see the body and all of that. Most Christians are in that state. Where from the first day they prayed, the blessing was extended and given to them. But in the midst of traffic, when the blessing is supposed to be received, you became an arrogant or foolish or stupid uh, believer, and then you abandoned the cause. And sometimes out of arrogance, children lose their inheritance. The same way most Christians lose their place. The scripture is very clear. The, the scripture gives us dictates. I'm going to teach you the basic, basic, simple, everyday things that makes people to stumble and to fail, partly because of foolishness and arrogance and sometimes ignorance. So I want to challenge you in that regard that we know, this I say I'm going ahead of myself, but I wanted to lay this foundation for you that cases are there and where cases operate, demons will manifest. You know, demons are the action makers. They, they bring it to pass. So for parents, what you say with your mouth. Next week we'll talk about it. How cares come into effect. How they get initiated and so forth. So that you are able to be aware as a parent. There are certain things I'm not supposed to say. Even regardless of how, how I feel about it. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So with faith, all things are possible. The Bible says, by faith, the elders obtain a good testimony. When we set ourselves on course, we will achieve the great things that God has said before us. Now, blessings and curses come through two things. Number one, blessings get manifested through a blessing. Uh, through obedience, sorry. Blessing gets manifested through obedience. Curses come into effect through disobedience. 
or disregard. Praise the Lord. Okay. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2. The blessing comes through obedience. That's the first point. You want to be blessed? Be obedient. He says, and it shall come to pass, and he says, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above nations of the earth. Hallelujah. That verse, you must meditate on it. It's a verse to memorize. It's a verse to teach to your own children. Can we go back to verse 1? It says, and it shall come to pass. It's given. If you do it, it's given. It's automatic. You don't have to work for it. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations. So the first blessing is the blessing of obedience. If you listen, you take my words, you'll be on high. It's automatic. You'll be above only and not beneath. Praise the Lord. Verse 2. It says, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, and thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Holman's translation. It says here, now, if, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all his commandments I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2. When you say, I'm above only, it means you are obedient. You can't be above if you are not obedient. That's verse. That verse automatically disputes whatever claim that you have. You can make as much claims as you want. They are just empty. When you read the book of First Corinthians chapter 13, it tells about love. It says, if you have God, if you give your life to this, can you go there? Deuteronomy, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, by the way. It says, if I speak the language of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm a sounding gong and cleaning cymbal. Most of us are sounding gong and clashing cymbals. You are making noise. Let's go back to our verse. You are just making noise. Hallelujah. So, number one, we said, blessing comes through obedience. The book of Isaiah 1, verse 19, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Not everybody is eating the good of the land. They are toiling, working hard, but they can't eat the good of the land. I told you a story many years ago. One of my colleagues I used to work with, uh, she was an inspector in the schools, and uh, she told me she stopped between a town, between Rustenbeck uh, and Mafiking. It's called Swatrehens. Is it Swatrehens? Yes, Swatrehens. There is a restaurant there. She said she stopped there to buy lunch more like lunch then she decided while she's there to buy sweet things like cake you know you know creamy donuts like creamy donuts you know cook sisters like cook sisters and then when she finished she bought herself a, a, a cold drink the most popular drink that is dark in color she bought for herself and then she went and bought like fish and chips you get it so when, when she came, this, there was another Caucasian person, a farmer, a white, a white person, 
who was standing there in, in his shorts and so forth. Almost same age, 50-something. And she looked at this woman and she said, Oh, you eat all of these things. And they started talking about age and she realized they are almost the same age. And the white old man or elderly man said to her, I can't eat these things. Then she started talking about the list of the disease she has. He's, he's God. Sugar diabetes, arthritis, high blood, you know, all this, gout, and whatever. Now, what's the toil? Why do you work so hard? And this is where the curse and the blessing comes in. The woman says, I enjoy this. I have none of the diseases you are naming. I'm free of them. I eat my cook's sister. I eat my creamy donuts, and I drink Coke, and I eat my fish and chips. You get it? Can you imagine? You are eating tasteless food. Huh? You are eating what? Yes. I think uh, I'll ask permission. I've got one of my members who has fought. That's why when we talk about neutralizing cases, who has managed until now, he has passed the stage where every family member has experienced a certain case or have had an, a certain experience, they've taken it as family. Every person, when they reach about 30 years, there's a manifestation of certain things that happen in their life. Praise the Lord. Don't worry, Jesus died for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I said to you initially, every blessing has to be activated. Every case has to be fought. They don't just disappear naturally. Hallelujah. So we said, uh, you determine the level and the extent of your blessing. You are the one who decides how far you want to be blessed. Now the second part is about cases. And that's what I wanted us to focus on a little bit today. Uh, cases come as a result of disobedience. Disobedience is broad. You say, I'm a man of God. I don't need to be told. I know. Maybe when I was young, I doubted it. Not today. I had, I had somebody, there's a group of pastors, who really did something very nasty against, against me. I didn't know. And one day, one of my sons attended a meeting. And when he came out of the meeting, he was very disillusioned. He picked up the phone and he phoned me. And he said, this is what these people have said about you. One of them. But it seems like everybody agreed. So that aggrieved me badly. And so a day, two days after, one of that group of pastors came to see me. And so I was very annoyed and I said, I don't like pretenders. Don't come, to, don't come and talk to me, you know, because you are part of this group of people who have an intent against my life. They say things. And, and he took it very lightly and he tried to push it aside. And I said to him, I will lift up my finger and I will draw my prayers I've made for you guys. Because I've helped you. And I started to quote. It was like a joke. I didn't say anything. I just said, people forget. And I said, I will lift up. One day, I just, that's what I said. I said, one day, I'll just lift up my hand. It was like a joke. One of the pastors took a flight, flew out legally, went home or wherever. When he wanted to come back into South African Airways, they blocked him. They said, eh, your your entry into South Africa has been withdrawn. You can't go back to South Africa. So for about a month, he did whatever. But by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit told him, 
He says, in a dream, when he was sleeping, the Holy Spirit reminded him, I was standing in front of the bookshop when I lifted my hand. I said, one day, I'll lift up my hand and I will draw my prayers. Then you will know how vicious spirits are in South Africa. You will be driven out of this place. Then he phoned. I wrote only one letter. I felt pity for him. I wrote only one letter to Home Affairs. And I told him, I think two days, three days after, go, you will board. He went to South African Airways. And he was able to readjust his tickets. And he came home. And from that day, his understanding of spiritual power changed. And I said to him, the prayer we make look very simple. And the words that they are written in the scripture, they look like you can violate them. You know, when the Bible says, do not touch my anointed, do my servant no harm. I'll teach you about it. Why is it important for you to stay away? I've said to all of our church members, don't ever call any man a false prophet. Because you are not in the place to make that decision. There are certain activities, when you do them, you activate things. It's like Pandora's box. When cases are activated, they are very difficult to push away. You have to work ten times more than just uh, taking it. So, take it with understanding. Deuteronomy 28.15. We like Deuteronomy. Every person in my church who's married, I go to Deuteronomy. So, I want you to understand that the blessing you have has a condition. Every blessing has a corresponding case. And this is what is written in verse 14. Verse 1 to verse 14 is uh, the instruction and the blessing. The blessings like seven, maybe the most ten verses talk, you will be blessed, 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 you will be blessed. And then I think this chapter, how many verses are there? 68? 68 verses. Now, from 15 to 68 is cases trying to explain the 10 verses because everybody needs a blessing. But for the blessing to become a reality, you activate the blessing, you stay in the blessing. When you violate that same blessing, that's why it's important to go and read it. Because when you read it, you'll become sober. You'll never be intoxicated by your little success. Deuteronomy 28, 15. Let's read it says, disobedience leads to curses. Disobedience leads to curses. Let's read the verse together. One to go. But it shall come to pass, if thou shalt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. What is to overtake what is to overtake? To pass somebody or something. When we are driving on a freeway or just on the ordinary roads, we are giving spaces to overtake when somebody is driving slower so we can overtake them. Now, cases, you see, when they are pursuing you, it's one thing. When they are on the same level with you, it's one thing. But immediately they overtake. You'll go. When you see people going everywhere, paying money and whatever, it's because the case has come. The main work of the case, we will read it. When you read the book of Jewel, it tells us what the case does. It says the case, the, the, the Bible gives a description of the different stages of a locust. All of them eat your crop at different levels. Yeah. At different levels. If it's infancy, you have those. 
If you are middle, uh, uh, what you call uh, uh, in our economic terms, uh, middle class, there is a middle class demon that will deal with you and sort you out. And then if you are really at the top, 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 it comes for you. You get it? So there, everybody has, has a, a fight. So I think I've laid a good foundation for you to understand what we are dealing with. Let's say if the next coming two months, we are staying on this subject and we get deeper. We'll start with the words that you speak and finish with the things your ancestors have done, which you can deal with. This I say, you have to actively deal with things. You don't just say, oh, I'm born again. Yes, you are born again. But there are things. Yes, I'm a child of my parents, but unless I went to the Supreme Court, the properties will not be transferred in my name. I will not be able to deal with them because when I go everywhere to deal, you'll want a title deed that gives me the right to deal and transact. If I don't have that legal document, it doesn't matter how I explain my conception and my upbringing. Nobody will understand. They will just say to you, we are very sorry. Uh, we need the title deed. We need proof that you are the real owner of this thing. May the Lord have mercy. So, that one we have done. So, let's go back, back to what we are doing. Prayer, through prayer and fasting, some of the demons and curses as well can be dealt with since we are in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, the drama that the children made here, you get it? Uh, you might take it for light. You don't want to pray. You don't want to fast. You are opening a gap for yourself to suffer a little bit. So be, take it upon yourself to learn. All of us, when the first day, second day, when you start fasting, you feel like you are dying. <laughs> you feel like, oh, I'm going to die. You feel like vomiting sometimes, you know, your stomach. And then after some time, uh, you start to laugh at it and say this thing. So prayer and fasting. Jesus spoke about it. John, uh, the book of Matthew 17, 21 says, however, this kind doesn't go out except through prayer and fasting. So there are a lot of things that is prayer and fasting. Curses, we have to fight, but there are certain things we have to do in order to stop them. Hallelujah. So every blessing has a corresponding curse. If you are not obedient, you are cursed or you are activating a curse. Five points. This is what happened. Uh, I was preparing, when I was preparing this message, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday night, early hours, I dosed, you know, I dosed. And when I dosed, my finger fell on my iPad and erased. <laughs> so when, when I came back, I realized, I said, hey, there is a demon here. <laughs> There is a demon here that is fighting this message. You get it? So I was so exhausted. Then I decided, what is the use? Uh, let me go and sleep. So I pray that you hear the message. Hallelujah. Five, five points. My time is well spent. We have communion as well. Uh, number one, obedience. What is obedience is to comply with the word of God. To comply. Number one, you need to be obedient. And to be obedient is to comply with the word of God, being on the move at the command of the word of God. Let me give an example. Somebody hurt you badly. 
somebody hurt you badly. And you are justified to pick up an offense. But the Bible says forgive. So it's no longer how you feel about it. What you do is not how you feel about it. The other example, uh, when you read the book of Malachi, the Bible says pay your tithes. The tithe has a blessing, but has an immediate corresponding curse. You get it? So if you, if you listen to it, the Bible says you will prosper. It's, it's clear. Another one, obedience. Honor your father and your mother is a commandment with a blessing. Hallelujah. Now, you disregard. You disregard. You de- be, belittle, minimize your, your father and mother. Life as well will disregard and minimize you. By the way, things take time to manifest. It's not like they are not working. Seven days across Jericho. First day. Nothing is happening. The people inside Jericho, they said, we will continue with our lifestyle. Second day around Jericho, we will not relent and we will not recognize God. We will do it our way. Third day around Jericho, the insolence, they do everything they want to do. Fourth day, they continue the same way. And while, while they do these things, those who have faith, they continue to be obedient. It's like foolishness. To go to war and just to walk around the city, which has a potential to destroy you. And so he's going around, and on the seventh time, they still believe the same way to their peril. And that day, uh, Moses said to the, to the, to the people, uh, let, us, let us blow now according to the commandment of the Lord. Now I can imagine those who were inside the, the whole city, they were saying, these people are mad because this has not been done before. And maybe Korah descendants and others, the opposers in the church of Joshua were there as well. When Joshua said, hey, priest, please come and declare. Priests have always played a very vital role in the advancement of nations. So they started, they blew, and they were shocked. That the walls that have been built for thousands of years and been reinforced fell apart. You get it? They did what? They fell apart. So, when we talk about these things, they look like, oh, I'm still making it. But sometimes, the Bible says, God will allow you to be deceived so that you will learn. So, obedience is very key. I think I've said mouthful there. Number two, absolute surrender. And following God sheepishly. Absolute surrender and following God mindlessly. I'm going to tell you somebody. Submission to God even unto death as Christ did is doing you are doing the ridiculous you are doing the ridiculous to access the miraculous. You see, when I became full time and my father-in-law heard about it he said to my wife, is your husband well to want to live on donations? I don't know you get it. You, you are doing the ridiculous. When you say, I, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor, people look at you like, I know of a man, when he proposed the young woman, the young woman went back to his, his family and some close friends and told them, this pastor has proposed to me. In those years, we are talking like, 
80-something years ago, because it was before I got married. And the young woman was given a bad advice that pastors are poor. You get it? So she said no. And many years after, we were talking with this sister. And this is what the sister said. She's married to somebody else. She said, I did not know that life can turn this way. Because the pastor that proposed her is one of the most profound, successful pastors in South Africa. You get it? Her way of thinking was that it's ridiculous to be married by a pastor. But she didn't know she was denying herself the miraculous. Hallelujah. John chapter 2 verse, verse 5 says, this is the mother of our Lord. Uh, he says, and his mother saith unto the servants, whatever saith unto thee, do it. Let's go with Holman. Let's hear what Holman says. He says, do whatever he tells you. Can you tell your neighbor, do whatever he tells you. The testimony of, of, of our sister looks very casual, but it's extremely supernatural. The spiritual things, if you follow them, if, if, if you continue in the same line, uh, Justina, chances are that you will be the most richest person on earth. It's, it's not about hard work. It's not about hard work. It's about favor. You see, Sometimes we speak words, and then people, the opportunity comes. And when the opportunity has come, the question is, will you act on the words that were spoken to you? Because sometimes the words are spoken against your success, what looks like success at that time. So Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And the servants paid attention, and they went to him and said, the wine is finished. Can you imagine? Can your mother believe to that level? Huh? My, I have family members, quite a number. In a sense, we are a tribe. <laughs> we are quite a lot. When we gather, we are a lot. Those who recognize us as pastor, they do well. But those who stay in the politics of my father, my grandfather, you know, family, we have politics. You know the politics. They struggle. I watch. I always watch. There are those who come because they saw my napkin years they were the one changing napkins every time they meet me and say oh i remember <laughs> I, I remember when you were a child they never go very far <laughs> i don't know you understand listen absolute surrender to god will will make you to advance far beyond hallelujah number three obedience leads to the supernatural when you are obedient, there are certain things that comes to power. Never allow, there are certain things that my fathers in the Lord have done. And at some stage I felt aggrieved. But I learned very quickly and I always give thanks to my mother who seemed to be so gentle most of the time. That she will always say, ah, these are your parents. It's not like you have a choice. I don't know if you understand that. It's not it's not like, if I call you to order and you don't like what I said, it's not like, oh, they hate me. It's like your, your father whipping you. He whips you. It's not like, oh, my father, is, he hates me. He doesn't like me. He's doing it for your good, but sometimes you don't see it because you are thinking only of your immediate position. That's why offense find it very difficult to receive a blessing. Most offense struggle until they die, and they pass the same spirit to others because any person who have had 
goodwill to discipline them, people take it very personal. The, the orphan child take it very personal that you are treating me this way. Listen, if I tell you about how many orphans I've taken care of and how ungrateful they are, you are not going to believe that you will buy the most expensive, you'll do a lot. My parents raised quite a lot of children. And one day they bought, we were graduating, they bought us clothes. I said to my mother, I'll borrow, I'll borrow a coat from my cousin. My cousin had a blazer. I said, I'll borrow the coat. You don't have to buy for me. I'll borrow a coat from my, my cousin. And then I had the gray flannel, which was, I was using at school. I said, I'll put it. My shoes, they are fine. Just buy me a tie. I like ties. Make no mistake. I like ties. So I said, I'll, I'll just buy me a tie. We bought a tie. My other family members got everything new. On the day of the, of the graduation, the, the jacket that my cousin borrowed didn't have even buttons. You get it? I had to go to one old overcoat of my father and take a razor to remove. You know, they've got big uh, buttons. Cut it, and it had three holes. So I had to put on the center hole so that when I close my, <laughs> when I close my jacket, at least it will be balanced on the center. You get it? One of my my siblings, who was adopted, socks new, shoes new, underpants new, vest new, shirt new, uh, blazer new, with a new tie that they chose for themselves. When I put on my tie, he said, I want this one. So my mother came and said, oh, give, give, give him. I said, no, this one, this one is mine. <laughs> This one is mine. I, I, then I said, I don't have anything new. I don't have my shirt. It's a still school shirt. My, everything is my old uniform, even my shoes. I mean, I have the picture. I can show you the picture. And the jacket was oversized. Really? Yeah, it was like... But I was happy, child. So you, there are things you have to fight in order to enjoy life. Hallelujah. Uh, so obedience leads to the supernatural. Jeremiah 7, 23 to 24. It says, but this is what I command them, saying, obey my voice. Obey what? Now, that one says, however, I, I, I did give them this command, obey me. Obey what? Obey me. Then, then I will be your God, and you'll be my people. So, in other words, if you don't obey... I'm not your God, and you are not my people. You will walk in every way I command you so that it may go well with you. So it's not like pick and choose, multiple choice, or buffet. You see, buffet is plural. You eat what you like, and the rest of the food that remains we throw away. That's what they do in the hotels. You just eat what you like. You pay more for all the food, but you will eat the little. And here he says, obey my voice, and I'll be your God, and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. May it be well with you in the name of Jesus. Verse 24 says, yet they did not obey or incline their ear. In other words, they became stubborn. Yet they didn't listen or pay attention. They have a attention deficit. They fail. To pay attention. They cannot concentrate for a second. They are full of themselves. But 
He says, but walked according to their own advice and according to their own stubborn evil heart. They went backward and not forward. That's disobedience. That's when the curse starts to take effect in our life. Instead of you advancing, you go backward. We have story after story that I can tell of some of the most highly educated people, and not only educated as in other fields, but in finance, who have been wiped out. We have some, some friends that have lost everything, not one, many, that have lost almost everything. The other time, we wanted one of our friends to come and give testimony to the fact that at the last moment, she says, I can't do it. But uh, it's still painful, still, still a fresh pain in my heart. If you can't pay attention, you're going to be fully indebted. You're going to be wiped out at the end of your life. When you don't listen, when, you don't, when, when your ear are tickling, you do things according to, this, to, to your sight, to your, to your eyes. How you want people to perceive you. May the Lord have mercy. So here the Lord was speaking, says, Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsel and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. So curses, they will make you to go backward. Even though in the natural it looks like you are going forward. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith. All these things we are talking about, to obey parents is by faith, that they are acting in good faith. As your pastor, I might say to you, don't do that. And you take it all. It's one of, there is a word people like using, mentor. That word is not biblical word. You see, I've heard a lot of pastors, they come and say, can you be our mentor? And I tell them, I, I have no interest whatsoever to be a mentor. You either take my word or you don't take my word. You see, a mentor is plurality. They want to go everywhere and say, be my mentor, be my mentor. But in reality, they want your status. They want your place. But they don't want the access, the, the process to how I came to where I am. You see, when you come and say, I'm coming to be a disciple, to be a son, it's, too different. it's totally different from being my mentor. Because you pick and choose. It's like you have gone to buy food at a uh, buffet. You are picking what you like. That's mentoring. The day I had somebody that I've helped so, for so many years, he became very successful. And one day, he came and told me that uh, I'm no longer, he used that word, you are no longer my mentor. I said, I never understood us having a mentor. I understood us having father-son relationship. But he told me, then he called names of very powerful people in our nation, that those are his new mentors. <laughs> and he defied, after he left, he defied every word I said to him. If, you know, there's before and after. You know, before and after. When he was with me, he was very successful and, uh, and rich, a multimillionaire. And after is another story. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the story as we preach next week. <laughs> I felt for him. I felt for him and his wife. Because I told him, I said, don't buy this car, don't buy this car, don't buy this car. And then, please, don't move to that suburb. Don't. So while he was with me, I contained him because he always, because money was coming. You know, when money is coming, you're all You know, it's like, that's the new rich. The new rich people must show. So I said, no, take it easy. Relax. Let this thing manifest. Let this thing do what? Manifest. It will come. 
Wait for it. It's coming. But when he met these powerful people, they used his money to advance themselves. So next time when I met him, he has moved so low, all the cars were repossessed and taken. He was very sober. May the Lord have mercy. May the Lord make you sober now, not after. Praise the Lord. Uh, number four, I think time has, has gone away. Uh, number four, being subject to higher authority. To fight, to fight cases, to stay in the blessing, you have to be a man under authority. Yes, there must be a voice over your head. Your academic success, your financial achievements, your material wealth should not change your child-like attitude. You must still be able to be humble and allow God to speak through the servant of God and your parents into your life. Romans 13 verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject to a governing authority, for there is no authority except from God. And the authority that exists are appointed by God. So my, my take with you is that obey them that have rule over you. Hebrews 13 verse 17. It says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that will be unprofitable for you. This is where most people have a problem. You see, when, when, when you become rebellious, the Bible says, obey them that they have rule over you, submit yourself, for they watch over your soul, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is, not, that is unprofitable for you. Most of the time, all the people who disobey, unprofitableness comes in their life. Did you hear what I said? I, I, I will teach on this because I spoke about it last week. You don't choose where you are born. Number one, you don't choose your parents. You don't sit down with God and say, I want to be born in that family. No. That's number one. You don't choose where you are born. Number two, you don't choose your siblings. You don't, you don't sit there and say, uh, I'll be the third born. So, sorry, so will be the first born and sorry, so. No, it doesn't work that way. Spiritually, it's the same. There are people who have been in our church. They are your senior brothers and sisters. They were here before you. You get it? You don't choose. Even when they leave, they might leave and be dissolutioned, but they are our brothers. But some of them, they have dispossessed themselves by the attitude and the spirit they carry. And that's why it's very important, the issue of association, to be very careful. Not every person who lives, lives in bad state. But there are people who live in bad state, and therefore, they allow the operations of demons to operate in them, and the curse take effect upon their life. Now, when you are not careful, these things come upon your life as well. And this is why I say you don't choose your, your family members because you will meet them on the street, you will still talk to them. The challenge you have is when you are with them, what is it that you are talking about? Because in their bitterness, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, their mouth speaks. The few that you meet on the street, the gall, the bitterness, the hatred, the discord in their heart is what is spilled out consistently. They have to chip something. They have to cut something. They have to take something away to try and discriminate or create an environment in your mind that what you have is not good enough. Yet deep down in their heart, they are wishing 
they have been left. They were still in good state. I'm to somebody. So Hebrews 17 gives us that. Genesis chapter 22 verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son. We're talking about being subject to higher authority. Your only son, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I command you. There is a verse, Pastor B quoted, in the book of Proverbs 11. What verse was it? Verse 24. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. He withholds what is what? What is right. Oh, please give. Oh, please give. Oh, please give. They will not do it. They withhold what is right. And here God was saying to Abraham, give me your son, your only son. This was not Abraham at the time. He had eight sons. Give me your son, your only son. Ishmael, this is the firstborn. Give me your son, your only son. For you, if God was saying, oh, give me, you start with the scrap things first. And that's what we will give. So in this regard, God is saying, give me the best that you have so that you can get the best out of me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number five and the last one. Obedience is a test. Obedience is what? Yes. No matter the greatness of your vision, without the guidance of the Father, you will soon fail and stumble. First Samuel 13, 13. It says, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now, the Lord should have established your kingdom forever over Israel. Do you see how easy it is to fall by the wayside? So disobedience leads to curses, and curses activate the operation of demons in the lives of people. Jesus defeated the curse. The Bible says, in the book of Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. That's my last verse that we close. It says here, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. You need to read the whole Galatians to understand this verse. You have to activate. Nobody's going to go to heaven without them activating the acceptance. If you don't receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the curse remains. And even after you have received Jesus, the first curse of death is reversed when we receive eternal life or life that comes from God. Then from there, your daily living depends on your consistent obedience to the word of God. Not just living your own way and doing your own thing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to pray for yourself as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise that, Lord, you have blessed us, that you have called us before the foundation of this world. We come to you, Father, with thanksgiving in our hearts, celebrating your goodness and your love towards us. That, Lord, you said, if we hearken, if we listen, if we take careful attention to your words, Lord, you will prosper our coming in and our going out. We pray this morning for your blessing. For your word teaches us that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and you add no sorrow. I pray, Father, this morning as I commit the life of each and every person that is here, that, Lord, may we never miss your call upon our life in the name of Jesus.